0: Are you interested in cracking the customer code?
1: You've got customers, and we will help you work with them to deliver a great experience to grow your business.
0: I'm Jeannie Walters. And
1: I'm Adam Toporek.
0: Join us as we learn from those business leaders who get it. And a few who don't. And together, we'll crack the customer code. Welcome to Episode 7 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Jeannie Walters. And I'm Adam Toporek. What is on today's show, Jeannie? Today, we've got a bunch of great stuff to talk about. We're going to be mentioning how communicating internally can actually affect how you externally communicate with customers. Does that make any sense?
1: No, but you're going to explain it to us.
0: (laughs) I will. We also have an incredible guest, don't we?
1: Stan the Man Phelps. Stan Phelps. Yeah, we have him. And I'm excited. He is one of the best presenters I know. He Mm -hmm. is like speaking everywhere. And we have him here today.
0: Yeah, I believe he's... uh, He's going to be with us after traveling the world, speaking to all sorts of groups about uh, goldfish. So we'll talk yes. to him about that.
1: He definitely likes the goldfish. And what's cool is we're going to see if we can hoodwink him into staying for <laughs> our hero, a customer hero, customer zero segment. Because we're going to be talking about the, the audience experience. Because I think uh, it's a really neat metaphor. You know, when you're an audience member for a presentation, there's a lot of lessons to be learned about customer experience through that lens.
0: I totally agree. And it should be looked at as a customer experience. Unfortunately, most presenters don't look at it that way. Stan does, though, very much. So that's going to be great.
1: That is going to be awesome.
0: So, Adam, I've heard through the grapevine that you have a really spectacular e-newsletter. But I have one question for you. What's that? Why will I not delete it?
1: It's called The Customer Conversation, and it's got just great tips on customer experience. And we actually do a, it's a little bit off, you know, a little bit different from most customer experience newsletters. We actually do a Monday motivation, which is sometimes personal motivation, sometimes business motivation. That's really popular. We're actually over 100 motivations now. What's really cool is you get free resources right when you sign up. You get an ebook focused on customer experience concepts. You get a workbook for organizational obstacles. And you even get a cool little, 101 quotes that you can use to like manage and inspire your teams. Do you want to know where to get
2: it?
0: I do want to know where to get it.
1: Go to customerebook.com. That is customerebook.com And you can get the customer conversation and get those free resources ASAP. Cool. So you are going to explain to me and everyone else, because I don't know what you're saying about communicating internally.
0: <laughs> yeah. And how
1: it affects external.
0: Well, I think it's interesting because whenever you talk about customers and customer service and customer experience, it's such an outside looking lens that a lot of people forget that it starts on the inside in a lot of different ways. And what made me think of this was working with a client who actually called me because their their training was really lacking something and they couldn't figure out what it was. So their training department had all these great webinars and webcasts and in-house lunch and learns and all those things that were about customer service and how to really deliver on the customer experience. And the irony is they had a great mission statement. They had a lot of things really, really figured out. And the top, the CEO down, really believed in a positive customer experience. So they couldn't figure it out. So I met with them a couple times, and what I realized was the communication internally was not connected at all with what they were trying to do. Because the communication, like so much corporate communication out there, was very us and them. And so it was coming from down, from on high saying, you should do this. And this is what the process is, <laughs> and all those awesome things that we love. And di-
1: directives yes, instead of shared goals.
0: Exactly. Very, very much a directive point of view. So we came up with okay, what can we do about this? And there were lots of different people involved in lots of different departments. And that's hard, too, because you've got people with different communication styles. They have different missions. They have different internal goals. So what we did was come up with three really quick ways to help people understand how they're communicating. So those three ways, we started with using the word together.
1: That sounds awesome. I like I like when you can just use, like, one word. So tell me, tell us how that worked.
0: Well, it's funny because a lot of the communication, when we looked back was very us versus them. So asking them to look for ways they could use the word together changed the whole tone of the communication, which was pretty cool. That's awesome. And another one we recommended was looking for ways to personalize and humanize inside the organization. Because think about the memos that get tacked up in, like, (laughs) lunchrooms that say, like, to all staff. Um, Any one of us looks at that and and we go, oh, that's not really to me. That's to the messy guy. I'm not the messy guy. And so it's really important, especially with intranets and emails and all these ways that we have communicating now, to write as if you're talking to that one individual person and thank them and use words like, we really appreciate what you do every day, and insert their name and all those things. Because otherwise, it does come across as that horrible staff memo pinned up about (laughs) lunch.
1: (laughs) That's great. So... Did you find it easy to do that across different channels?
0: Uh, Yeah, actually, we did because it's about the tone and it's about the theme and it's about how you're doing it. It's not about saying this is exactly how you do it. And the last thing we told them was lose the lingo, even internally. I mean, how many times have you started a new job or started with a new client and you get that list of acronyms and you're like, what the heck is going on? And people don't even want to ask because they they don't want to say that they don't know what something means. But if you're not going to share those types of terms with customers, don't share it inside your organization either. People are people and we need to communicate with one another as humans. And just by doing those three things, using the word together, looking for ways to personalize and losing the lingo made a huge difference in employee satisfaction and the way they communicated overall internally.
1: That's awesome. And, you know, I, I really like the idea of sort of getting rid of lingo, except for TPS reports. <laughs> Everyone knows what a TPS report is, and I think yes, it's okay to if you, use that one. If you've one. watched
0: Office Space. <laughs> yes. You,
1: TPS reports are the exception. That proves
0: the rule. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: Jeannie, guess who we have here today? Who? Stan Phelps.
0: Oh, yay. We love
1: Stan. We do love Stan, and Stan is the founder of Nine Inch, a consultancy that works with senior leaders to design programs to reach the heart of employees and customers. He is a contributor to Forbes, and you should make sure to never miss one of his Forbes columns because I never do.
0: I never do either.
1: You you can't. (laughs) They're too good. And he's also the author of three books on customer experience and employee engagement entitled, entitled Purple Goldfish, Green Goldfish, and Golden Goldfish. And you know what else he does? what he speaks a lot he speaks globally man he is everywhere he
0: is and he's a fantastic speaker
1: time he is so stan welcome
2: thank you for having me thank you adam thank you Jeannie.
0: absolutely we're happy you're here
1: same here. we are happy you're here now here's the thing you and i've been buddies for a while now i just got to know what's with the goldfish you got to talk to me about the goldfish
2: Great great question. So I I've been always intrigued by goldfish. No. The goldfish <laughs> the goldfish is a a reference to something that's small and it's truly inspired by a hotel chain in the US called Kimpton. And Kimpton absolutely gets the customer experience and the idea of doing the little extras. So if you stay at a Kimpton property, always Starbucks for free in the lobby. They do uh, wine tasting in the afternoon. They're very pet friendly. But here's where the goldfish comes in. If you stay at a Kimpton property and you're getting a little lonely, maybe a couple days you're there for work, Kimpton will give you a pet goldfish for That's your awesome. stay. <laughs> they, they call it they call it guppy love.
1: That's so awesome. And so you have uh, three different colors of goldfish. Can you break those down for us, your, the title of your three books?
2: Sure. It's purple, green, and gold. And the reason why they're the different colors, it happens to be a direct reference to Mardi Gras and to the city of New Orleans. Because there's one word that comes from New Orleans that epitomizes the concept of doing the little extra, and that's called lagniappe. Mm-hmm. So, it's very much a direct reference to this, this iconic word that dates all the way back to the 1800s. In fact, Mark Twain once said that lanyap was a word worth traveling to New Orleans to get. <laughs> nice.
0: And so, how can companies really look to these colorful goldfish <laughs> and apply what you're saying in your books to what they're doing with customers?
2: Well, I, I think a few things have happened in the last few years, Jeannie, that has put a greater emphasis on the experience that you provide for customers. Mm-hmm. And part of that is that there's starting to be less and less differentiation on the product or the service that you provide. It, it's it's kind of like we're living in this age that Rohit Bagarva calls the age of equivalency. Mm-hmm. And so there's very little differentiation between a product or a service. So I think the experience itself needs to be that that much greater. And so I think it's also important now that the customer has a much larger voice that you need to be giving them something to talk about. And so this idea of, of Lanyap is creating that little something extra that you give beyond just the transaction itself and it honors the relationship that you have with your customer it acts as something that helps you differentiate your product or service but most importantly it gives gives people a reason to talk about you and word of mouth is absolutely key
1: And I I love the lanyaps. I love, um, for those of you who don't know, Stan's book, The Purple Goldfish, was a collection of, a crowdsourced collection of these stories of these little lanyaps, right?
2: Yeah, I collected over a thousand examples. And I feel like if I added anything to it, it was trying to look at all of the different ways and where the patterns developed at them. And so it turns out there's 12 different ways that you can kind of do that signature little extra.
1: That's nice. Want to give us two of them?
2: Sure. So they they break up into the first six being value. So what's that tangible little extra that you do? And the other six are on the maintenance side of the equation. One of my favorite ones is from Doubletree Hotels. And so when you check in at a Doubletree Hotel, and they've been doing this since the, the 1980s, right when you check in, you get a warm chocolate chip cookie Mm. and it creates that just wonderful first impression and it becomes a reason that Doubletree is different than any other hotel and since the 1980s they've given away over 300 million chocolate chip cookies
0: holy cow
2: wow and so that that's in the category of what I call a throw-in something that gets added and and can make that wonderful first impression then you have on the, the maintenance side of the equation, it's maybe a little extra service that you provide. It typically doesn't cost anything extra. And one of my favorite examples from there is, is this idea of added service, and it comes from SafeLite. And, and SafeLite, by the way, has one of the most marvelous corporate slogans. Service so great, it's memorable. And if you have a crack in your windshield, they'll actually send someone to your home or office to repair that crack. But this is what I really like. It takes 10 minutes once they drill into the crack and put the epoxy in there. Mm -hmm. And typically what the technician will do is go back, he or she will go back to their van, get glass cleaner, they'll get a vacuum, and while that epoxy hardens, They'll actually do all of the windows on your car as well as vacuum your interior.
0: That's so memorable. you walk
2: yeah, you <laughs> walk out and you're totally not expecting it, and that's kind of the this idea of doing that little extra. Not only is your windshield fixed, but your car looks like it just rolled off the showroom floor. Totally unexpected, totally memorable.
1: That's awesome. So now what I have to do is figure out if the windshield repair is cheaper than the typical detail <laughs> <laughs> and start throwing rocks at my
0: windshield. Uh-oh. be careful with that. Yeah, that, yeah I know. this is recorded. So insurance. <laughs> yeah, no insurance <laughs> has- fraud. That was a joke.
1: So Stan, so- thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We want to do something a little different today. We've got this uh, next segment we do called Customer Hero, Customer Zero. And we're talking about audience experience and how it sort of relates to as a metaphor for customer experience. And quite frankly, you are one of the best presenters, both Jeannie and I know. So we'd love it if you would stick around and talk to us about that.
2: Happy to.
0: I think we've all been in the audience together. So
1: That's <laughs> we've true, also yes. <laughs> sat
0: through both great and not so great presentations. And I think we can all relate to this one. So I really believe that if you're a member of the audience, you are a customer, because usually you've paid to be at the conference. Uh, You're there to learn something. And I just think it's appalling, (laughs) quite frankly, when presenters get up there and they have bullets on a slide that they read to the audience. They haven't prepared. They are not talking to the subject that they said they were going to talk to. And I think there are a lot of people to hold accountable for this. I mean, conference organizers are certainly in there, especially when they don't have any clue what somebody's going to do up there. But I I think, you know, what we're looking for is kind of, I don't know, a, a, a rallying cry to presenters across the world to get better at this. Right. And Stan, you're great at this. And is there anything you'd say about being a member of the audience and having that type of experience and what advice you would give?
2: Well... To your point, I think we've all sat through presentations where it's just painful.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and you know, PowerPoint is part of, I think, the reason. But I think PowerPoint can be a great, great tool. I just think that, um, you know, presenters for the most part, Use it so incorrectly that it ruins the entire experience. Mm -hmm. And so, to your point of of these slides that are just it's like I mean, it's like you know diarrhea on the (laughs) on the screen with you know bullet after bullet. I I tell people, and I have a a presentation on SlideShare about this that guns don't kill presentations, bullets do. (laughs) So. Please, if if you have any consideration for your (laughs) your audience, one no bullets, please, Mm -hmm. and and with the same, in that same token, no more than sixteen words on a slide, Mm -hmm. and if if you can at all possible do it, no words at all. Yep, and and so I think where most people, you know. Use PowerPoint as a crutch is that they actually read from the screen, and I think that is such an insult to the audience because we read about three to four times faster than somebody actually speaks, right? And it's and it's also, yeah. yeah, and it's also impossible to read something and then hear something. That's one of the things I think presenters don't realize that as it's. We cannot multitask to do that. So if you're asking me to read something while you essentially read it to me and I have to listen to it, there is dissonance that's created. So I think you
1: No, sorry, I was going to say, you know, I think that's a great metaphor for customer experience because it's the learning the basic skills. You know, if you take that slide share you did, which is just awesome, the 21 rules to help you rock your next presentation. You know, you, the three of us have sat in some pretty bad presentations together. I remember that one you and I were in. I can't remember if Jeannie was in the audience for that one or if you're in another session. I was sitting there texting Stan. This thing mm-hmm. was all black with neon letters. It had about <laughs> 200 words <laughs> per page.
0: Oh, man. And it was like,
1: you know, I was like texting Stan, like, hey, 1998 called. It wants its website back.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Right?
1: So, yeah, it was really bad. And But if they learn these basic, like, experience principles, which is the same thing when we're talking about customer experience, you know, and th- those things you talk about, Stan, well, that really is how you sort of show respect to the customer or the audience.
0: And being proactive about it, right? Which is another thing we talk about all the time. Be proactive about what you're going to do in the presentation and understand what the journey your audience is on. If you're the 4 o'clock speaker at a conference on the last day, that's a much different vibe than if you're the nine o'clock speaker on a Monday at the beginning of the conference. So right. really considering where you are in the journey as a presenter, I think is critical as well because that can be brutal, the time slot that you get in. And if you just put up bullets and expect people to read along, then sayonara.
2: <laughs> it's, uh, it, it is pain. You know, and I'll just say this, it is a it is simply a craft And I think that anyone who seriously is going to spend the time to want to communicate a message and make it relevant to the folks that are in the audience needs to spend time at the craft in order to present it in a way that's going to be the most effective to to spreading that message. And to your point, I've I've created this PowerPoint that has, it actually has more than 21 rules, but they're just basic things that you need to take into account when you're presenting or when you're creating a, a, a PowerPoint or keynote deck.
0: Mm-hmm. Great stuff in that slide. That's
1: awesome. Yeah. And so definitely check out that slide. share. It is very cool. And so thank you so much, Stan. We really loved having you. And thanks for sticking around for our second segment here. Thanks, Stan. Thank
2: you. Thank you guys
1: for having me. You know what I hate? I hate when I go to a website and I get 404, page not found.
0: Yeah, 404. We all know what that is, which I think says a lot because we shouldn't know what 404 means, but we all do. And some places are getting really creative and offering fun little moments and turning a negative into a positive. And those are the types of micro-interactions that we talk about a lot in our newsletter, the CXI Club. And if you sign up for the CXI Club, which is Customer Experience Investigation, then you get our little cheat sheet about how to make your 404 pages better so they don't cost you customers. It's such a simple thing. It's one of those things we all have to deal with. Why not deal with it in a better way? And if you sign up at uh, 360 com, which is 360-C-O-N-N-E-X-T.com, you'll also find there we, we have a Pinterest board of microinteractions and tons of examples so you can learn from others.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. We have more episodes online. Please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. For the show notes, please go to crackthecustomercode.com. We'll have all the links that we've spoken about in this episode. And if you like the podcast, and only if you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.